Welcome to Kashrus on the Air, your weekly radio show dealing with kosher issues for the kosher consumer. And I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashrus Magazine. And tonight's program, I think, will be very interesting to you. Although maybe some of the things you're gonna, you may have found out on your own, but you're gonna find out a lot of new things tonight, just as well. So, without further ado, let me start with one of our topics, which is going to be uh, something that comes out in our neighborhood. I don't know how familiar you are with the uh, with the Stiebel, which is uh, Manhattan Beach Colale's publication, but this is an article that was in this week's uh, uh, Stiebel, and uh, you can get, if you want, it doesn't cost anything, you can subscribe to uh, to the Stiebel, and it'll be emailed to you, and I'm going to tell you how to do get that in just a moment. The Stiebel is a publication from the one of the shuls over there, with Rabbi Pluchak is the rabbi, and uh, he uh, has a wonderful kolel there, and the Stiebel is put out by the Chavrei Koilel, and each one's got beautiful Divrei Torah, but I personally like to listen to, read every time, the, uh, the column from... Uh, Heshi, Rav Heshi Kahan, who was one of the Chavere Kolil over there, and he writes on halachic. He calls it halachic perspectives, and it's a very uh, interesting column because uh, I always like these kinds of, of writers. I mean, I sort of I sort of affiliate with them. You know, this is the kind of person who uh, may not be the Gadol Hador, but Poisek Hador, but he he works hard at gathering the information in a, in a very clear way, and he takes things that you would might find challenging. And he when he does his research in the end, he make, puts it in the most simple and understandable fashion. And he's a he's very very good at it. There are many people who have over the years. I'm sure you've seen some of the publications that come out. I mean, uh, we're also close with Moshe Lubovic, who works with the start with the Kafke and who puts out his uh, his uh, regular halacha columns. And uh, there's a fellow Rabbi Spitz from Marriage Israel, also a regular halacha column. The number of people who are doing this and uh, they are. You can say I'm a lake, you can say what you want, but they take material that you find hard and they put it in an easy fashion and it's it's a beautiful presentation. This is a and what I like about him is very it's very low key, simple style, nothing uh, too uh you know daunting and yet the sources are good and uh, I've I, when I've checked up in the past everything is 100%, so I love it. Anyway, this week he was talking about cautious of medications. So that's why I wanted to bring it in. But before I do that, let me tell you how to get it. If you'd like to get it yourself, you can subscribe. This, you'll, they'll send it to you every week. Uh, it just uh, send an email to mbcolail. M-B-Colail. Colail has three L's. Colail, two in the middle and one at the end. Okay, mbcolail at aol.com. And just, tell them, just say you'd like to get the Stiebel. And it won't, don't look up Stiebel on the internet because you're going to end up with some other places that had nothing to do with this. Uh, the, the, the shul is not called the Stiebel. It's a Manhattan Beach uh, something or other. I forgot the last name. Uh, but you could, uh, Rabbi Pluchak's shul. It's just that, that that's not how you sign up for, the, uh, for getting this, uh, the, this weekly uh, publication. So let me read to you some of the contents 
of this week's, which I think is very interesting, kashas and medications. Now, a lot of these things you know already, but maybe a couple of them are going to be new to you because he puts it together in a very nice fashion. So the first question, of course, is can you take medications that are not kosher? So, so you, you have to differentiate between the kind of illness that a person has. For example, if uh, you have chas v'sholem, a life-threatening illness, then even if you're not currently in danger, but you might become, if, it's, if, the, med, if the malady is left untreated, you might become uh, in danger, then you could take any non-kosher medication as if it's needed. That's, that's a simple halacha, and a lot of people, you know, uh, push, push it back and say, it's not me, I'm not, my situation isn't so dramatic. Don't be such a wise guy. You can discuss with your rub, discuss it with your doctor, but don't be such a chacham. Here's some of the examples of things that would be called life-threatening. A heart condition, diabetes, kidney disease, severe depression, or an infection. An infection can lead to very serious things. And not left untreated. And everybody knows about that, but the flu, but the pneumonia. Everybody understands things can get out of hand. So this is uh, only if there's no other kosher medication available. But the truth of the same caliber. But most times we don't have kosher medications. So, I mean, it, maybe you can do that with, uh, with, the, um, with, the, uh, with the cough syrups or something like that. But most of the medications that we take today, they're not going to be kosher. Although the OU is trying to get a number of medications to become kosher, it slowly may happen. But basically, medications are not going to be kosher. And if you have any of these kinds of things we talked about, or an elderly person who has the flu, or an infant with a fever, a lot of people don't realize that a fever for, for a child is very da- dangerous because it can go up and up and up and it very, it very easily can get dehydrated and who knows what else. Very dangerous for a child to get a high fever. So that's the kind of thing that uh, all fit into the category of what we call life-threatening. It doesn't mean the person is dying, now. it just means that they're in the, they have the problem, the malady that, that could actually cause a life-threatening situation. So now what is, what's going on in medicines that we have to worry about? Well, number one usually is the gelatin. And gelatin comes from horses, from pork, from animals that, are, that do not have shrita. We call trephus nevelus, nevelus and trephus. Um, and also in, in, a lot of times you have the gel caps, you know, the gelatin capsule that, that's outside the pill. And that's, uh, you know, the gel caps, if they're just, uh, many, many people permit you taking them. Um, especially for an illness that causes uh, someone to be bit, bedridden. But, but the, of course, we're going to mention another way that we can handle that. Um, and, one of the, and he talks about that. May one use these gel caps if he's not bedridden, but is suffering from a minor ache or pain, like a runny nose, a slight headache. And today they sell these gel caps. They have all kinds of uh, over-the-counter things that you could take. So the answer is they shouldn't really be used for such things, although there are some people who are permitted. He gives you one name. I'm not going to go into it on the radio. But others contend that if you're not bedridden, then you should avoid using these kinds of medicines with have a gelatin cap unless you do one of these two things. One thing he suggests is to wrap it up in a piece of tissue, um, you could take a little bit of tissue paper, and what I, what I used to do was to moisten it slightly 
I mean, it has to be very, very slight, and then wrap it around just so that it should completely cover the pill, and then you swallow the pill. That's called boilo besieve. It's not taking it directly. It's taking it within something else, and that is halakhically acceptable to pretty much everybody, and uh, that's one thing that could be done. Another is to open it up and to empty it into onto a, a food, let's say, for example, uh, an applesauce or something like that. But that only works if you don't have a time release. A lot of medications have time release that they're supposed to go, first of all, they're supposed to go down into the body and then and let the, the uh, outer casing come off slowly so that it, it makes sure it gets into a place where it could be helpful to you and it doesn't dissipate before it reaches that part of your body. Also, you want it to somehow the time release. Um, the time release means that you, you can have uh, coverage for the whole day or for 12 hours or whatever it is, as opposed to getting just a, a instant help for right now that dissipates in a short period of time. So therefore, it's not so good unless you know for sure you don't have a problem with it, it's not so good to use that method of opening it up. Personally, what I recommend, he doesn't talk about it here, is the veggie cap. You can go, uh, I mean, when I buy them, I buy a thousand at a time because it takes some medicines that could have a, could have a gelatin. I'm sure the gelatin or not because I can't trust these companies to get your proper answer. So I, I, you get, uh, a, um, I get a, what we call veggie caps. They come with ashkacha. Uh, you don't have to get the best hashkacha in the world because basically they're only going to sell you the veggie caps. They're not going to sell you, it's very cheap, and they're not going to sell you something else. So you don't have to worry about that. But if you want to be uh, makbits, you get with hashkacha. Uh, Landau's makes it, and uh, uh, Maxi Health makes it, and uh, you know, a number of places make them. And it's, uh, they don't actually make them, they buy them. They buy them in the millions. You know, it's, you could also buy them in the tens of thousands or 5,000 or whatever. I buy a thousand at a time. Anyway, it costs like two cents two to three cents maximum, and then you put your pill inside there, you open up and put your pill inside there, and swallow that, and it, you don't have the tissue paper problem, it goes down normally, and you got extra protection too, you got a little extra spe- thing, and the uh, the gel cap, I'm sorry, the veggie cap opens very quickly, it, uh, it's going to go down your stomach and everything, but you're not going to have, uh, you're not impeding the medication from working, it's a very good technique. Now some people, if you feel talented, you might open it up, Empty your gelatin cap and put it into the uh, in, in, into this veggie cap. And some re- some pharmacies, I know one in Borough Park, but some pharmacies will actually do that for you and charge you I don't know a nickel or so, whatever. Who knows what they're charging you? Uh, they're not going to charge you probably a dime. I would assume it's closer to the nickel than the dime. But whatever they're going to charge you to take to give you your medicine already in veggie caps. So even though the company puts it out in uh, gelatin caps, they can convert it into uh, into veggie caps for you. Uh, there's one store I know in, Bar- in Bar Park that does it, but I think many of the stores would probably cooperate. I don't know if the price would be good, but they definitely would cooperate and, and do it for you, especially if somebody finds it hard. So that's uh, another way to handle it. Now, what are the other problems with the medications? So there's magnesium stearate, calcium stearate, and stearic acids. These are very often from non-kosher animals. And, but since they're very, according to uh, Rabbi Khan, he says that they're very small amount. He says it's under one. 
safety. So he feels that uh, it would be bottle and you're permitted to use it even though it has the steroids in. I've heard a little bit of divergent opinion on that. Uh, you, if you want to, you could speak to a pharmacist or whatever. But I, uh, people who I know that made pills said that there could be a significant amount of steroids in there. But this was his finding, so I'll, I'll accept what he says. And in the event that the tablet is flavored and a chewable tablet, that's the big one of the big issues, it's better to find a kosher alternative. And then he goes into, uh, we all know, with syrups and liquid medications. So he said that in there, the big problem is glycerin, and glycerin is significant, and it tastes good, and it's much more than the 60th, it's a serious amount. And uh, so there is a little bit of a problem now. If you could research it and get a kosher one, that's the best. But uh, if you can't, then uh, when you have a liquid thing, you should mix a teaspoon of that uh, thing you have to take in two ounces of water, juice, or soda. I don't know if soda is going to work well for you or the juice. I would take the water because you don't know, because I'm sure that the soda is going to work on the medication. (laughs) It won't be necessarily helpful to you anymore. And I'm not sure what the juice will do, but I would recommend the water. My Rebbe, Zatzal, Rav Zim and Zatzal, used to tell us to do that. He would try to figure out how much that could be in there, and then make sure that you had a bittle. Uh, and it, we, it was not that dramatic because uh, the amount of, you're not being mevatel the whole medication. The teaspoon is not going to be knocked out in two ounces of water, but the glycerin content of the teaspoon of medication will be nullified in the two ounces of water. So that's a, a, a simple suggestion. One or two more things here as well. Are there any medications that are definitely permitted Yes, and this is something that you should note. That's why one of the reasons we get these little publications and we, you know, and Cassius Magazine prints a lot of this material as well because there are two places you could go and get a list of over-the-counter medications that are definitely permitted to be used. There's one on the crcweb.org, crcweb, that's crcweb.org, or on starK. S-T-A-R-K-O-R-G. Uh, one of those sites, crcweb.org or stark.org, you'll be able to get the, uh, a list of uh, cold, allergy, anti-nausea, laxative, pain relievers, sleeping aids, a whole bunch of stuff that uh, you'll be able to rec- be recommended as kosher and acceptable to be used based upon the, in- the information that they gathered. And you know that they, they do it very well because they're doing it for Pesach also. Um, he asked a question, which is cute, of course. If you took a medicine that has a dairy component, so you have to wait six hours after you eat meat to have the, the medicine. So he said that if you wait, you wait an hour, and that would be enough. And that's based on the Pischei Tshuva. Uh, in in, uh, um, in uh, Pei Tess number three, Okay, so that gives you an idea of what uh, Rabbi Kahan had this week, which I thought was very interesting. And again, I remind everybody, if they want to get this, you could get it free by going to mbkolel at aol.com and order a, them to send it to you. If you want to get what I just told you, I made up a tiny URL. So if you want that, you can listen to this one now. I'm going to give you what we call tiny URL. That's uh, I made it up. So it's uh, you do www or dot. I mean, you do you do uh, you do http 
colon forward slash forward slash or however you do tiny url t-i-n-y url dot com forward slash and now all you have to do is write down these few things g-t-j-7-x-x-g so i'll read it to you one more time the http uh, colon forward slash forward slash tiny url t-i-n-y u-r-l dot com forward slash g-t-j 7-x-x-g and when i say i make these things up i'll explain to you what it is there's a com- there's a company that does it on the line and i'll be able to i make it up it means that i take a big long thing that's when it would you wouldn't have i couldn't possibly give it all over over the phone it would just over the over the internet here it would be it would take you uh, uh it would take you five minutes to write it down so so what we do is we take it and we make it a small small thing that always starts with tinyurl.com and we give you like a three six seven uh numbers or letters and that's all and that way it's a very fast thing to look up so we gave you about Hashi Kahan on Kashvas of Medications. And now I want to share with you another thing, which you got in the mail probably, whether you pick up this paper or that thing, you probably all saw Kashvas Currents. Now Kashvas Currents comes from Star K, and they had an amazing piece in this issue. I mean, every one of them, they always have one that I really get excited about. There's only about three or four articles in the whole thing, but the but the uh, but this one was very very well done, and it takes up a lot of things that affect uh, us. And I'm not going to be able to go through it all, but if you go to Kashvas Currents, you can get that on uh, on the website. You don't have to go and pick up a physical copy. You can get it on the Star K website, StarK.org. And you can pick up, you get a copy of the latest Kashvas Currents. It's called Winter 5777. So obviously, it just right came out now. And what, what they have here is uh, Kashvas in the Workplace. I love it. And he put together a lot of things that they had really done before. It's not all new. He tells you it was, he, he gathered it from other places. But he's got eight very significant issues, and I'm going to just touch on a couple of them. Let me read to you the eight, though they're interesting. Eating in a cafeteria shared with co-workers who eat or eating not kosher. Using office utensils and cooking devices in an office with non-kosher food. The third one is storing kosher food with non-kosher food. Number four, food brought by others. And number five, attending kosher holiday office parties. Well, that's, that's an interesting one. Uh, number six, holiday gifts. Giving holiday gifts. We means, it means the Goisha holiday gifts to Goyim. Uh, number seven, company-owned chametz after Pesach. And number eight, eating in a non-kosher restaurant. Well, I don't have time to go through all this stuff, but it's absolutely amazing. He put together very, very interesting things. And the footnotes are really, really good because they, you know, they take you much further than, than the, the text itself. But uh, I think it's a, a very, very well done article. Let me just share with you a couple of things that I thought were interesting in here, and then I'm going to go and accept your calls, on the, uh, and, and, and we'll be able to mention a few more things until the call has come in. So, but give me just a couple of three minutes to be able to tell you some of the, some of the highlights in Kashrus in the workplace that appeared in the, in the current Kashrus Currents. By the way, Currents is spelled with a K over here. Um, one of them, I, I, I think that was very interesting is about actually when you go to a non-kosher setting 
And this doesn't have to be in a cafeteria. It doesn't have to be, you know, uh, at, at this place with a non-Jewish person. But you're going, let's say you, you rented a, a room in a, in, a, in a hotel, and they put you, they have a little table there. Well, you're going to eat on that table. That table is used by Goyim to eat reif. So what are you supposed to do? So he mentions over here that the Bari Ashulchan, that, uh, that's Rafai Volkon, who was, uh, you know, one of the Tamech uh, and Poiskin of our generation. So Rafai Volkon brings down that today, the general custom is to use a napkin or a placemat or something of a similar nature when eating on a non-kosher table. Halachically, if the plate is dry and the table is dry and it's clean, you don't have to put anything there. But... The minig today, they're saying, is to put something down. But whatever it is, is enough. You know, whether even if it's a tissue or a napkin or whatever, it doesn't have to be an elaborate thing. Just something, you don't want any schmutz getting on there. But halachically, nothing happens if you put it down there. Um, he talked about, which I think was important, was the Keurig machines. And that's when, one of the questions that everybody asks. I don't always agree with the question of the microwave, but what he mentioned over here with the microwave was very good because he didn't talk about kashering it. He talks about using the microwave. So using the microwave, he told you how to use a microwave in a non-kosher setting, which unfortunately is a very common problem today. It could be in the workplace, it could be other places, it could be a hospital setting, it could be a lot of places. So here's what he gave a few ideas. You need to take and double wrap the food with a leak-proof wrapping. And here's the way to do it. Take two Ziploc bags or two separate pieces of saran wrap and fully cover the, the uh, and surround the food. Or you can place the food into two plastic shopping bags. Either way, don't do it too tightly to cover the food because that may make the container, uh, it may it cause the container to explode. Uh, well, there's a, so, so this is a, a way, he discusses the way about doing the, the double wrap. I get the calls very, very often about the double wrap. I'm not so into that because I've never done it in a non-kosher setting. But the thing that people are always asking is, can you have one piece continuous going around? And it seems that the, from the consensus of everybody that I've seen, they want two separate coverings. And somebody even came to me with a new theory of his that if I take two coverings and I am able to either glue it or connect it in some way, and they become one, is that acceptable? And the answer is really we need the two, and there's some reasons for it. I'm not going to go into it today, but basically it's a question of the space in between because then there won't be an absorption through, through uh, all the way through to the inner one. There's a, the, a, the out one might get hit by, the, by something coming down from the uh, microwave, but it won't, go, it won't be able to permeate inside because we have a rule of That's really the, the theory of why it's double-wrapped. Okay, now, uh, what he talked about here with the Keurig machine is a very, very common problem. Keurig is the K-E-U-R-I-G machine. This is what they're using today to make coffee, and they use that very, very much all over. So he said, there was a time when a Keurig machine dispensed only coffee. By the way, this is Rabbi Heber from the Star K. Um, the, not me. <laughs> That's who wrote the article. I'm Rabbi Wickler from Gosh's Magazine. Don't get confused. Don't, don't complain to Rabbi Heber about what I said tonight. Uh, the, the, the Keurig machine was like, uh, you know, was basically used only for coffee when it first came out. But today they're using it also for, uh, for, for, for soups. And it's, uh, so therefore there's a problem. So an office Keurig machine that, that, that was only used for coffee 
then you'll be able to use it. Of course, there's a dairy in a, a, a parva, so that's a different issue. But as far as kosherus, we would if it has a, if they're all kosher certified coffees, so then you don't have any problems. But as but as far as the uh, as far as using it, in case there was a um, in, in, in case there was a, the Keurig machine was used for for, for soups, that's going to be a big problem, and that, we have no answer for that. Okay, so that's one area of, of concern. And what, what comes up now is the new urns, because people also, they're putting the food right next to the spout, etc. In some cases, they may even use uh, soups in there. But, my, but basically, m- most of the things that we're talking about don't have that. The question is, he took his soup, his tray for soup, and he poured it up right to the top to the where the dispenser is, maybe it touched it, maybe the zaya went up, maybe it made a treif. So what uh, Rabbi Heber says, the halach is, and I agree with him, is that if you don't know it touched there, you didn't see it, then don't be nervous. Of course it could happen, but don't make it up. First of all, it probably is eno ben yomo, not used for 24 hours. Besides that, you didn't see it, you didn't hear about it, you're just making this up. So don't be so concerned. If you see it, then you shouldn't. You'd have to have a you have a concern. It you'd have to do something to, uh, you know, to, to take care of that spout. Um, if you don't wit- if you don't witness it, then this it's nothing. But if you did witness it, a coworker was using that spout for something not kosher. The urn shouldn't be used. Okay, so that's simple enough. And these are uh, some of the ideas that are in this uh, wonderful article of Rabbi Heber. Well, I like very much. Works for the Star K. Kashrus in the workplace in the current issue of Kashrus Currents. You can see it on stark.org. And now, without further ado, I'm going to welcome any callers, and um, then I'm going to be able to share with you some of the things from Kashrus Magazine's new issue, which is coming out uh, in about a week, two weeks maximum. We're finishing it up right now. You can reach us at the studio. 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. Your questions or comments on Kashrus, 718-683-5858. And if you'd like to text us, the text line is 347-927-8398. Again, 347-927-8398. If you would like to uh, text us. So now you have two ways to reach us. The telephone seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight, or the text line three four seven nine two seven eight three nine eight. And before we get any of our calls, I want to make sure that I say a word about our sponsor, which is Glotmar, conveniently located at twelve o five Avenue M. And when you think of uh, Glotmart, think of price, convenience, and uh, quality. And what is the other one? <laughs> I said, uh, yeah, and service. And it, at the Glot Mart, there's some wonderful items that you can have. If you, and you can save some time by pulling into uh, Glot Mart from the East 12th Street entrance and use their valet parking service. And they'll have uh, the, uh, your car ready for you when you purchase all those wonderful items in the store. And I want to share with you some of the items that are on sale right now, today and tomorrow. And I had to make a trip over there myself because I see some of these items I, I hope to get. Anyway, here's, here's a rundown on some of the items. If, it, if for $13.99 a pound, you can get family pack rib steak or boneless beef spare ribs. Veal scallopini, $16.99 a pound. Eye chuck roast, $9.99 a pound. And breast of lamb, $4.99 a pound. 
Here are some of the items that are on sale in the rest of the store. Kleenex tissues, 139 for 160 count. Raw tilapia fillets, 2.99 a pound. Mendelssohn's eight slice pizza, 6.99. Dug in breakfast pancakes, 10.5 ounce, $3.49. Large pineapples, two for $5. Plum tomatoes, 79 cents. Achla hummus, the large size, 17.6 ounces, two for five dollars. That's like half the price of what you're going to spend for Sabra. That is half the price of what you're going to send for Sabra. So Achla is a, a good company, good Ashkacha, uh, and it's on sale at Glatmart. And at Glatmart, the quality of the meats is A1 with kosher certification for both the, both the Star K and the Vatakashas of Flapush with base Yotzeis meats and with expert Nikor. At Glatmart, you're getting quality kashras. Glatmart is at 1205 Avenue M, meaning your shopping needs is their top priority. If you meet Dove in Glatmart, tell them you heard about Glatmart on Kashras on the Air over J Root Radio. And now we're going to take our first caller. Yes? You have callers? Yes or no? Okay, go ahead. Hello, you're on the air. You're on the air. Yes, hi. I would like to... I want to ask you... Go ahead, please. If, um, what about the Red Bull? Red Bull, we went through that uh, a few weeks ago. What you have to do when you have a question like that, I'm going to tell you the simple answer, and then you'll, then you'll see why I'm saying that. These things change. Uh, you know, like they don't change like the weather. Uh, hopefully, the weather will get better. <laughs> but the uh, but you know that they do change all the time, and therefore I send you to the websites because they're going to give you the latest information. The two websites that you were interested in are those Star K and the CRC, the CRCweb.org or the StarK.org, and on those sites they have a list of beverages. Now, at the last time I checked, all of the Red Bull was acceptable. Uh, based on, on the CRC website, and I believe on the Star K as well. There could be some products that they're making that you're going to see which are not there. That's why I'd rather have you look website and read it. They have a long list there. I remember it's a very big list, and I'd rather you read it straight from the website rather than you know letting me wing it over here, and I, I, might, I might miss something. But I know in uh, general they're accepted. What? CRC, the two, the two websites, crcweb.org or star, star-k.org. And they'll, you'll, uh-huh. just, you'll get a beverage list, and they're both very clear and easy to find them. And you, you'll, you'll have all the sodas, all the drinks that you can imagine, everything spelled out perfectly. And that is updated fairly regularly. I mean, every week, but I mean, every couple of months they're updating it. So that's really where you have to go because it changes. Okay? Okay, thank you so much. You're certainly welcome. Take good care. Okay. okay. You're on Kashrus on the Air. Go ahead, please. You're on with Rabbi Wickler from Kashrus Magazine. Go ahead, please. No, no one there? Me? Are you there? Me? Yes, talk up a little louder. Go ahead. Well, we we have a different opinion than 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 may, there may be some other people have. Something a little high. Uh, we uh, we would, uh, I was trained by Ravasha Zimmerman, and basically we don't get so lost on the 
dairy uh, 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 dairy oven and the Fleischik oven. Basically, you're not cooking in the oven. You're cooking in a in a pot. If it's covered over, uh, you know, a, a baking pan or whatever. If it's covered over, then you're certainly not exposed to anything in the in the oven. But if if you cooked in, uh, but the people who are careful about a Fleischik oven, you can have it. Uh, you can have it right after you have the milk. You can't have it together with the milk. You can have it after milk. If you bu- if you bust off, if you had your main course, you could make it. You could make a cake in there, and that served for dessert. You know, I was in a Hasidish a, a camp that we visited up in the Catskill Mountains, a very Hasidic Hasidish camp, where one of the, uh, the where the rabbi in charge of the camp was one of the famous rabbanim in Kashrus, and uh, we saw that they we they made the cake for Friday night and for Shabbos during the day, for the cake that they serve on Shabbos, the Fleischer meal, they made it in a dairy pan. And they made, and they made the, uh, the tea, which they serve at the Fleischer meals, they made that in a milchika uh, uh, pot that they used to make hot chocolate with milk in it. So I, we asked them, you know, what, what's the point? You know, it's, a, it's dairy equipment. Why are you using it for the Fleischer meals? So they said, we don't serve it with the meal, we serve it after the meal, and we've removed the meat from the table. Then we serve this cake and this and this tea. So here, that's a Hasidish, uh very very strict camp, and they were using dairy equipment to make the cake and the tea for the fleshika meal. Okay, got it. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for listening. Go ahead. We have a million people coming in here on the on the text line, but we have another. They have more callers. Okay. Go ahead. Yvonne Kashas on the air, please. Go ahead, please. Hello? Yvonne, not there? Disconnect. Okay, so, you know when now? No, okay. no, right now, we have a lot okay. of text. Okay, well, we've got some of the text. Um, someone's asking about fish oil concentrate. It says, I'm not going to, I don't know if it has, if it's kosher, um, can he? He can't swallow with the tissue around it. Is it okay to use? He can't swallow with the tissue around it. So first of all, I'm not going to mention the name of the company, but we very strongly recommend that you get a kosher company for for your uh, omega fish oil. First of all, doctors today are getting away from giving out omega fish oil as a concentrate, as an important thing for people with heart conditions. They don't feel that the, that the documentation it, it, it proves anything anymore. But if you're still, if your doctor believes that way, or you believe that way, you know, call a kavod. So whatever you do, uh, the, you really need to get kosher. Because what happens is fish oil can, that they use with omega-3 can come from sharks. It could come from salmon, it could come from the kosher fish, but it can also come from sharks. And you don't want to have a chance to get maybe shark oil, because that's really, really, really trafe. So, you know, it's best to get with hashkocha, uh, no matter what your situation is, no matter how bad your situation is. In this particular thing, I strongly tell you to get kosher. There are so many fish oils available with hashkocha. Even from Badatz and the Eid HaRedes of Eretz Yisrael has a, has a wonderful fish oil. And it's, uh, you know, you can be sure it's really kosher, properly pro- produced, no funny business. So I would definitely tell you to get with hashkocha. Now, you're asking Asking about say you can't swallow with a tissue around it. Nobody likes to take a tissue around it. It's really not a good idea. 
buy veggie caps in the store. Now, if you don't want to buy a thousand, you don't want to buy a hundred. You know, there's no, there's no. Uh, the thing, I think the smallest size is two fifty. But if even you want it, you don't want to buy so many. Go ask the pharmacist. Could you sell me twenty? Can you sell me five? He'll give them to you. Probably give it. Maybe won't charge you anything, or maybe he'll charge you twenty five cents for ten of them. I don't know. You're not going to charge anything. This is a. It's it's so cheap the material. You're not going to overcharge you for it. If you want to be careful about cautious and you don't want to choke on the medicine, buy yourself veggie caps and you can get them with Ashkocha and all the stores have them. You can buy them online. It's not an expensive item today at all. Okay. Now, uh, you said when you talk about an oven, do you mean a clean oven? Yes. We meant the clean oven and two kinds of things that we were concerned about. Here's how Rav Zimmerman taught it. We're not cooking on the oven. We're not using the oven as like our pot. We're cooking inside the oven. It's just a, it's just a space. So the, what are the concerns? The two concerns. One is the rack. The rack that you're sitting on may have been dirty. Maybe flasheks, milchiks, whatever it is. You may have your pan and it may be wet. And you're, and you're absorbing from the rack. Yes, racks have to be designated. Parva, flasheks. Uh, milchiks, whatever. And if you have a trafe one, so it'll be trafe, and you put a piece of aluminum foil on top of it. But you just have to have it. You must know what the rack is all about. That's, I think, the olive base. The second part you have to worry about is any be'en, any, anything that's actually there, dirt, filth, that hasn't been properly cleaned. Yes, you need a clean oven in order to cook the opposite type of food in the oven. Again, this is from Rav Zerman who was one of the poiskim, uh, at least I consider him one of the main poiskim. I mean, this was everybody. They used to write in the back of smicha. When you got your smicha, they used to write, in the, they said that the joke was, they wrote his telephone number in the back because this was where everyone went to him. And he had Kabbalah from Rabbi Moshe Rosen, who was here, you know, way back when, and I don't know what the years exactly, you know, but this was another generation back. And uh, so he, it, this wasn't the idea that he came up with. In the old days, everybody did this. They had one oven. No one had two ovens in the old days. This is how we conducted ourselves. And you just had to be careful. We had separate racks, and we were careful not to, not to have a dirty oven, and we would use it interchangeably. Milchiks and Fleishiks, Parva, didn't matter to us because we preserved kashras of the uh, not exposed to any be'en and not to any, any real balua um, that was going to come out through Zaya. And there's a little more to the story. I don't have time to go into it today. It's about how high up you're putting the thing, where if it's uncovered, okay, well, that's not for tonight. Okay, let's, we have more callers? Uh, no, but we okay. have a lot of text. We're going to take the just... text. But if you'd like to call us, we're here at 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. I want to share with you a couple of things that are going to be in Cautious Magazine, and then we'll be able to get to some of these uh, callers that we, you know, and some of the texts, one, one thing I'd like to share with you is that we have a new, I may make sure that you have a show on it, there's a new product out there. I mean, you're not going to buy it for your house. It's $15,000, but it, it's a, called an insectograph. It's used to tell if there are insects in wheat. It's an amazing item. We have a whole story out in the Cautious Magazine, the picture of it too, and how it works. And this, this machine is able to tell if there are any insects in wheat when it is being milled, that could tell by 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 get, getting a little spark produced by this insect, 
and very, very, very tiny insects that are inside the wheat kernels, inside the kernels, not coming out. It's an amazing thing, and we're hoping that this is going to be a breakthrough for a method of checking for insects and other things as well. So far, it's basically limited to these kinds of insects that are in wheat. Although uh, in Canada, they're doing experimentation with uh, different kinds of uh, insects, and uh, the, a lot of foods are affected by like rice is affected by these, by these beetles in here. So it, it really is a very interesting uh, item. And then we discuss two things I was going to mention briefly, and I don't know if we mentioned it before. I think we maybe did, but it's, it's okay. We have a little uh, report on it in the magazine. Beigel, beigel, sour cream, and onion cracker crisps and sour cream and onion nishnash, that from Beigel Beigel, from Eretz Israel, it says over there, cream, sour cream, right? That's what it says, and it's all parava. Another one is tofano milk caramels, also parava, tofano milk caramels, interesting. And that's uh, from uh, an organization in Brazil. So it's interesting how they get away with it. In America, you couldn't get away with that kind of labeling, but unfortunately, they, they do get away with it over there. And we have an article on the cautious and safety of GMOs, which is a very hot item. Okay, we're going to take your callers? Okay, we have a caller. Go ahead, you're on cautious on the air. We lost him. Anybody else? Nobody there? Okay. You have room if you want to call, 718-683-5858. We lost him. It's Okay. We're gonna we're gonna take some of these uh, these people who have texted in. Um, somebody asks. But lemon and orange. What is wheat? Right, one second. Nothing. Okay. Um, would you know how to toivel a carry coffee machine? No, I don't. And I, obviously, there are some people who hold it doesn't have to be toivel because you said you have to plug it in. I don't usually use that hector. I I in my I. Always tell me the urns. I don't know how to toggle a carrick machine, and uh, the the best would be to contact one of the cautious um, uh, organizations like the Star K. They might tell you. I don't know if they're going to tell you the cautious it. Maybe they'll tell you, you don't have to. I mean, toggle it. I don't know if they're going to hold you. Have to toggle it. First, you ask your own rub actually if you have to toggle it, and then uh, and if, if you know there, if you want, you'll call me at the office and I'll research it for you. The, our office number three three. There's, a, there's different parts? Okay, yeah, that's good. Oh. So if there's something that can be taken out and where the food goes through. Fine. Fine. So there's a way of doing it, the pieces. You don't need to do more than that, of course. Another question, if you're... Oh, if you, okay, another caller? Call Go ahead. You aren't cautious on the air. Can I help you? Yeah, hi. Go ahead, please. For the amazing service that you do. Um, my question is about Costco vitamins. What what did you say? Topco? Costco, Costco. Costco. Costco, Costco. Yeah. There's no hemshire on it. Right, well we, we, he, let me let me explain to you. Vitamins is not medicine. There's two levels though. You have to understand exactly what, what we're talking about. The vitamins uh that you take because you want to be healthy. Like they say, you know, you may be a little deficient in this uh, vitamin A or B or D or whatever it is. Take this, take this, or take a multivitamin every day. That's not medical. That's a general brioche, general health. 
That's not something that you can say is like a medicine. Basha'in Cain, a woman is pregnant and she has to take a prenatal vitamin, which is very serious. Or she, or somebody has some kind of need, let's say, with B vitamins. Or something like this where you really are, uh, you, you, you really need that, and the doctor's telling you to take it. And sometimes they even tell you, just take this company, don't use the other companies, because this is a high quality one, I know, and I don't want you using the other ones. I don't want you using the generic brands. I want you to use this high-end brand. And sometimes they give you a sample, maybe gives you a medic- gives you a, a gives you a prescription for it. So these that's dealt with differently because that's a that's a medical issue. Uh, otherwise, we want you to get kosher vitamins because thank God we have today many many companies with many many hundreds of vitamins available. The Maxi Health is one of the are my advertisers. Maxi Health has hundreds of. In, of of uh, individual uh, uh, vitamins and the quality is good. Um, Frida's been around for a million years and their their quality is good. And the, and the Frida they always add in one extra vitamin. One extra thing is always added, so you shouldn't be short. He's very put on 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 the uh, Geneva aspect. So these are they're responsible companies. If you really need to get only a high end because of a medical thing, okay, I hear you. Otherwise, we recommend that you get kosher vitamins and they're so easy and today you can save a lot of money uh there there are companies kosher vitamins express who's one of my advertisers also he had they have a very nice pricing very low pricing there's a from company up in muncie called rise r-i-s-e there's another from company in lakewood i think it is i forget the doctor something but i can't remember the name of it there are plenty of companies around where they're giving you very low priced vitamins and i think it's not necessary to go to the the, the non-kosher ones but if you, my question is if you know the ingredients let's say it's melatonin and it's only melatonin in it melatonin so it, again i uh i don't know how anything is produced I, I don't know what else they have in there. Usually, in, whenever you have a vitamin, it's not a loose thing. It's in something. In that thing that you have, it's a, like a pill, right? Tablet. That has in it very often stearic acids. That's the way you hold the thing together. You've got to have that. Almost every single medicine is using a stearic acid. I mean, a pill is using a stearic acid. The kosher ones use a kosher stearic acid. The non-kosher ones use a non-kosher. So you can't tell me the main ingredient because you, you're not, you don't even know yourself and you'd never find out what's in that pill. It's just a lot of things and uh, some of them are very possibly not kosher. I strongly recommend you get kosher, Okay. Thank you very much. I see here. Um, let me let, let me let me go through quickly some of the, the, the these yeah, these things. Yeah, I, I know, but I got I got to go through this here. Somebody's um, okay. Go ahead. We'll do the phone. Go ahead. You're on cautious on the air. Can I help you? Hello, is yes. it me? Yes, you're on the air. Go ahead, please. Yeah, I wanted to know if uh, Colgate toothpaste has a brand that doesn't use. Um, you know, one of the types that don't use animal derivatives. Well, you have to look for... Let's go into, the, into this in general. There's two approaches. Some people hold... Rabbi Belsky was a machmir in this. You know, everyone thinks Rabbi Belsky was makel. Rabbi Belsky was a poisek, and he decided this, this way, and that, that way. Nothing to do with uh, being makel and machmir. 
Rabbi Belsky held that you shouldn't uh, use a toothpaste or mouthwash that wasn't kosher. Now, that said, it doesn't mean it always has to have kosher. Hashkacha, we have to know what's inside there. So in toothpaste, very often there's glycerin. Not right. all toothpastes have glycerin. If it doesn't list glycerin, it doesn't have glycerin. You don't have to worry about that. Well, not all glycerin is animal derivative either. Right, that's correct. But but it's enough of it's it's. it's if I call the company, like I called Crest, Crest said none of their toothpaste has animal derivatives. Yeah, but that's but that's not okay. Would I, that be would we would would we, would we trust that? If you were eating the food. You can't trust it. I, if for, 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 for this purpose, if you want to, you could trust them because they're making a presentation to you. But the truth of the matter is, they don't know if they have animal in there or not. Because okay. they're buying, I'll tell you why. They buy glycerin from a company and they order, um, you know, let's say uh, vegetable glycerin. They don't uh-huh. want, uh, but the company does both animal and vegetable. First of all, they store it maybe in the same tanks, not at the same time, and but enough that it could be make it it could make it trafe. Number two, they they since they're uh, they're interchangeable in the industry, nobody really could guarantee that they're getting that. For Pesach, you wouldn't rely on it. For Kashrus, you wouldn't rely on it. For this, it's a different kind of thing because, as I said, some people don't care if you eat if you do kosher or not because it's not being swallowed. But I say. Avoid the ones with glycerin. That's the first step. After that, you want to, if you want to know about, uh, about flavors, so Rabbi Blech told us, Mr. Blech told us that, that we had him on the air here, and he said that uh, almost every single flavor is kosher, and it's not something you should have to worry about. If you want to be a very, very big machmir, so then you would, you'd say, I don't know if it's kosher, and I'm not going to use it because there's flavors, and they can be not kosher. Correct. But the chances are very unlikely, and, and you're not eating it, so I don't think you have to get hyper about that. But the glycerin is something you should try to avoid. Crest makes those with glycerin and without glycerin. Right. Choose the ones that don't have glycerin. Right. Okay, thank you very much. You're certainly welcome. Next caller. Good, you're, you're on conscious on the air. Can hello? I help you? Yeah, hello. Yes, go ahead, please. Yeah, I have a question. Um, I know that when Heimish companies do run by a Gaisha company, a lot of times they don't do brand new packaging. Like they put a big sticker on top, right? And they say special run, whatever. But I saw now in the stores they're selling Gushers, which is under OU, and it looks like someone's stuck on a small square sticker that says Chuk Sanfaisa. Is there any way, and the guy tells me it's input of merit Israel, there's no like big sticker on it that says, let's say this was a potato chip run done by Devash by whatever, a big sticker with a hex. It's a small little square. Yeah, I know, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, but let me explain something to you. I don't know the answer to the question. No, because it's something like that reliable. I'm I'm gonna try, let, me, let, me, let me explain to you. I don't know the answer to that question. Let's say they did make a run. And they told the people to put stickers on afterwards. It's possible. Yeah, but we're talking, Rabbi Wicker, we're talking about the size of an OU. That's what the extra stickers on. Tiny little sticker. Again, the, the very simple answer. If you get my magazine, you, you know what to do. You get, you open up the book, 216 pages. You, there's two chuk sam sofas. I don't know if you're Petzach Tichvo or you're talking about B'nai Brak. The B'nai Brak one. And you the go B'nai ahead Brak. and contact them and ask them, did you authorize this? And they'll answer you. 
If you can't write Hebrew, you can still do it in English. There's a telephone number, and 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 there's uh, probably even have the internet uh, email thing. You 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 can reach these people. They answer questions, and you'll get it. Yeah, we're going to sit here and 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 try to figure it out. It's either yes or no, and that's the simple way to find out. Okay. Okay. I don't have the numbers here. If you need to call, if you call it's the office if you can't, but I can't get a copy. But really, should pick up a copy of the uh, kosher supervision guide. It's available in the stores. I, mean, I have it over in Pomegranate. I have it in the other stores. I have it in the super, uh, the oldest, all of the uh, Hebrew bookstores. And uh, if you get a subscription, it comes free. By the way, some people uh, texted me. They want to know if there's any specials. Yes, there is a special going on now for JRoot special. Just call 718-336-8544, the office number of Cautious Magazine, 718-336-8544. We have a JRoot special, and we'll call you back and tell it to you. We are offering right now the lowest pricing that we ever had. So if you want to take advantage... Do it. I had just uh, somebody just called today and ordered for himself and for for some his uh, for for his son as well. So he's learning yeshiva. Can't afford to pay for it himself. The father taking care of it for him. Give us a ring seven one eight three three six eight five four four if you want to subscribe. Okay, back to the callers. You have more callers. Go ahead. You're on Kashrus on the air. Can we help you? Yes. I, um, I would like to know. Um, you were speaking at the beginning of the show about the you know taking the the capsules. Not the tablets, and it's surrounded with glycerin, the the capsule. So I want to know which sheet you were going with, Achshave, because no, 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 not Achshave. With with with, medi- with medications, we don't with this with this gel cap. There's no Achshave. That's not something you want to eat. Pesach, there's a problem of Achshave, but there's no problem of Achshave. On on, uh, on this, he talks about it himself. Hashi Khan mentions specifically the question of. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yes. I'll read it to you right here before we get cut off. Um, where is it? I had it here. And here it is. Okay. On Pesach, one may not swallow inedible chametz as we apply the concept of achshave. Right? But we, do we apply the same concept of achshave when swallowing gel caps? Almost all halachic authorities are in agreement that achshave is not a concern when consuming medic- medicine. And his source is Igris Moshe, which is an Orchayim, Volume 2, Tzadi uh, Base. So and the Chazonish, the, the he has a Chazonish, and a Tzitz Eliezer, the Shagis Aryeh. Um, he says, Shagis Aryeh seems to be the lone opinion who applies Achshavet to medicine. So there is a Shagis Aryeh. But it seems that Tzitz Eliezer, Chazonish, and Igris Moshe hold that there isn't an issue of Achshavei for, uh, for medicines. Okay? Why was the Chsarn in taking it, if it's take, you take it as a medicine or a vitamin or whatever, if there's no Achshavei? No, no, no. It's not, not really... It, it you're swallowing... Like no, no, you're, you're swallowing a piece of... In the, in the gel cap, right? Gel cap. Yeah. Or... Uh, or, or, or the, either, there's two kinds of gel caps. Right, you know. the hard okay. ones and the soft right. ones. Okay, so in the gel cap, you are swallowing the gelatin part. So you're really eating something that's not kosher. If you're just trying to get the the medication down your throat, but it's not, you're not really trying to... It's just like a, a tube to get it down your throat. So is that considered actually also? Again, I, the, I, I didn't make this up. You, you've heard in your life 
that people say you should put either a thing around it or take it out or whatever. I know, but then Shmuel felt it. I, I, maybe uh, uh, so I want to know the other sheet. He he says the shkayer shouldn't be achshave if you're just doing it to, as a, as like a tube or something just to get it down your throat. I just want to know what Terry Wickler's opinion is. It's it's not kishmak that a person is is swallowing something that's chazer, it's treif. It, if you can avoid it, it's recommended. There are many people who hold that you don't have to do anything, like you said. There are three, when I was, years ago, there were three shitas. Was this, uh, it was, you know, taking it out and wrapping it with a tissue and swallowing it straight, like you're saying. Now, I added a fourth one that you could put in a, in a gel cap, and in a veggie cap. Are there people who hold you, you could take it straight? Yes. But again, there's different levels of, of, of sickness and there's di- and, and, and uh, the needs. So I, I would say it's better for us to get into the habit of doing something. I think many of the Rabbanim are suggesting doing something. Are there those who are matir? Yes. There are ma- those who are matir just to take it straight because we're talking about danger. Okay? We're running out of time, so I'm, I have to okay, continue another time. Thank, Thank you. Thank you very much. Another caller? Yes, go ahead. You're unconscious on the air, please. Hi, how are you? I have a question on candies. Um, like, they have some cloth candies that have... So I, I've seen the same exact company that has the candy with the hachshar and without a hachshar. And it's the same exact, so it's just a little sticker on it. Do I have to be careful to make sure that I'm getting the one with the hachshar? Are, Are you talking about Ricola? Are you talking about Ricola? Are you talking about Ricola? Yeah, Ricola. Okay. Okay, I'm glad you said candy because that's really what it is. It's not a, everyone think, they think it's a, a very hush. I don't. I think it's just a plain candy, even though there's something inside that helps. Okay, fine, but it, that is, is a minor thing. Uh, the, the, way, the way I understand it is that the company is under hashkocha with Rabbi Schlesinger from Geneva, and that's it. You know, I mean, there was one thing, he, one or two things in the, in the place that are not kosher. But the ones that you're seeing, the standard ones that you're seeing in the stores, those are kosher. And uh, whether his sticker's on or not on, and whether this or that, really, that, that, that doesn't necessarily make it kosher or not kosher. There, they did say the company Landau's imports those and, uh, and, and sells the ones with a sticker on it, that, that he makes a special run for them or he supervises them when they're, they're buying theirs. Maybe he does. I don't know. But basically, it's all going to be the same standard because you're not changing the, they're not changing the product at all. Uh, but, I, but Rabbi Schlesinger, whether it's a recommended or not a recommended, that's something I always suggest people speak to, speak to somebody in England because the England has recommended lists and see if it's on the recommended list. If it's on the recommended list, then the product is good even if it doesn't have any hashkocha on it. Because when we're used to hashkocha in America, but in Europe, they don't use them as much. Okay? Okay, thank you. I appreciate You're certainly it. welcome. Certainly welcome. We have more? That's no, it? Just, okay, no, we okay so let's do quickly. Okay. Um, he asked about the recalls again. Regarding baking cake in a fleshika oven, my Diane Paskin, that the oven first has to be burned. Three sheetas. There are some people who say it has to be kashered. 
and that's more in the Hasidic world. Rav Moshe Feinstein, Paskin, you have to wait 24 hours. Most of the Hasidic people probably wait 24 hours and also kasher. Kashering means turning it on high, but that's not a real 100% kashering. You don't, I, don't, I don't doubt if you're dying it tells you to go through a self-clean. You may, may just turn it on for an hour or so in a high temperature. That's not a real, real kashering. It's a, that's what we call Lieben Kal. Uh, yes, there are three shitas. One sheet is that you don't have to kasher at all. Just make sure it's clean and use the separate rack, etc. And the other one, and by the way, you have to worry about your racks, whether you're doing ramosha or you're doing this thing with the kasher in the oven, you have to worry about your racks, okay? So uh, yes, there are three different sheetas and everybody's entitled to do whatever their poistic tells them to do, okay? Thank you very much for listening. We have another minute, that's it. Okay, so we thank you very much for listening. We'll join us again next week. If you have any questions, if you want to contact us, get a subscription to the magazine, or for any issues related to the Kashrus, call us at 718-336-8544. That's Kashrus Magazine, 718-336-8544, or Kashrus at AOL.com, K-A-S-H-R-U-S at AOL.com. Until next week, this is your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashrus Magazine.